shirt. Okay. Good. Okay. <laughs> I hello everyone. Hi. I'm Dan. I'm Carrie. I'm Patrick. I'm Grandpa. And welcome to the 1970 Academy Awards. This is If I Ran the Oscars, our podcast where we take a look at one film chosen at random from each year of the Academy Awards. We take a look at what it won for and a few other categories at random. So we take a look at all of the filmmaking. And this time I forgot to tell our panel of experts what we were supposed to pay attention to. So I hope they really paid attention. But what's the name of this film? <laughs> uh, well, the name of this film is, uh, I mean, it's a small one. Maybe you haven't heard of it. It's called Romeo and Juliet. If not, go back to high school. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Yes. Uh, this one stands out for a couple of reasons. One, uh, when I went to go get this one from the library, it turns out mom had already requested it. Weeks ago. Because in a previous podcast, we had discussed Henry Mancini and how he had reached the Billboard rock and roll charts. And Pop we thought, music, soft listening, thought something. It was very strange. How did he do such a thing? That's not usually his style. It was for an instrumental version of the main theme from this film. And Mom had fortuitously placed a hold. Well, because I'm a Shakespeare girl, and I thought, oh, I've never seen this Romeo and Juliet version. I'm going to request it from the library. And good thing I did, because it took several weeks to get a hold of it. So, also... Uh, I was looking through the other films of this year, and this is the first time this has happened. And it's we're not going to make it a regular thing, mm -hmm. because I think we don't have that much time on our hands. But I was going through the list of other good films from this year, because this was a very good year of film. Oliver, The Lion in Winter, uh, The Romeo and Juliet, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, producers. Producers. What, what other ones did you get? What other movie? Hey. Did, what other movie did we watch? We watched another one. I don't know. But uh, there are many others I've watched. Yeah. I Bullet, of the, Bullet won an award for Planet of the Apes was this year. I'm not watching that movie no, I'm not again. The Thomas Crown Affair. Hmm. This was a pretty darn good year for film. And uh, we got some extras from the library. And we watched 2001 A Space Odyssey, which I haven't seen for years. Mom and Dad watched it. I remembered it from the first time and did not watch it and got updated text messages from mom letting me know that she wished she was doing something else <laughs> so not not to confuse people you you mentioned the 1970 academy awards yeah. when we started it's actually 1969 well that's the year of them the movies no. but the no we're a year off am i year off? A year off did i get a year ahead yeah i did i apologize i'm not going back and editing it yeah well see we're that formal, right? Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. it is 1969. I did get ahead of myself. I was looking, I was preparing the next film on our list so we could make sure to get it from the library. Yep. I, which we can't. Which we can't. I, <laughs> facts from this year. Uh, so far, the only tie for a female acting category, Catherine Hepburn in Line in Winter and Barbara Streisand in Funny Girl. Very different films. Very different films. This is the only time Stanley Kubrick ever got an Academy Award, which is a little wow. odd to hear. And big controversy, Johnny Carson accidentally spoiled part of the Academy Awards three hours before the show during a sketch. <laughs> he gave something up? Yeah. He, ga he gave a best picture. No kidding. In a sketch. Knowingly? What? what? Knowingly? Uh, or was it he was making a joke about it and it... It and it really did win. Uh, it looks like he knew and 
I... Was he doing one of his Karnak tricks where he could read the future with his oh, envelope? It was lucky guesses. <laughs> lucky guesses. It was it was That's proven was to be a lucky guess, and later hired him five times as the host because he's Johnny Carson. So Academy Award hey, facts out of the way. Really good movies. Hey, I'll, I'll make note of this one because it's a favorite short subject cartoon film. Was Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day? Indeed, one of the favorites of all time. Yeah. Fortunately, those are not part of our usual rotation. They really aren't. Otherwise, we'd probably just be watching those. Yep. All right. So, uh, Billy Shakes, as he is known in the hood, I wrote some plays a while ago. Yeah. And since then, people like to keep doing them. And now movies happen. And so there have been quite a few William Shakespeare movies. Well, you mean the adaptations Adaptations. of of Romeo and Juliet in particular? There have been three major motion pictures of Romeo and Juliet. The first was in 1938. And if I'm remembering, I don't have it pulled up, but if I'm remembering my brief research, the combined age of Romeo and Juliet was 75, and people didn't take to it kindly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was something I did appreciate about this film, is that Romeo and Juliet were actually teenagers they were actually the the female was 15 and the male was 16 and Mm -hmm. specifically chosen they wanted to find unknown talent unknown teenage talent it is said in paul mccartney's uh paul mccartney in his autobiography details that he was considered for the role Hmm. hmm which would have been interesting I don't no, think he, he might have looked it. He would have looked it, but he wouldn't yeah. have. He wouldn't have been yeah. a good actor. Uh so I uh, the Much experience. The play was adapted Perhaps. slightly to play to the strengths of the teenage cast, in that some of the long speeches were trimmed down, mm-hmm. and there was also you you saw a lot of shots of just their faces emoting because right. teenagers are good at emotion. Right, right. They have too much. I. Uh, Sir, not appearing in this film, but speaking in this film, Laurence Olivier, was an accident. Hmm. He was in Rome filming another movie, stopped by, and said, oh, Romeo and Juliet, uh, can I help? Okay. And he said, yeah, you want to read the prologue? And so he did. Hmm. And then they have a very Italian man playing Lord Montague, and he doesn't have that many lines. So he said, hey, Laurence Olivier, as long as you're here, you want to say his lines and we'll dub over them? Well, and he didn't... It's not the whole prologue for people who are actual Shakespeare people. Yeah, they do cut off a bit. They do. But can I can I segue to season two of Third Rock from the Sun? You can. <laughs> there is the an episode that is called Romeo and Juliet and Dick, and... I think it's hilarious. And if you if you are a Shakespeare fan and you like Romeo and Juliet, you should look up this second season of Third Rock from the Sun and uh, and just take a gander at Romeo and Juliet and Dick because uh, there's some discussion about what is the essence of the play Romeo and Juliet. And Dick's response is that the play has nothing to do with a, a horny teenager and his girlfriend. Except it does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. On the subject of the of the girlfriend, let's mm-hmm. go through some people here. Olivia Hussey, 
Or is it Husey? Husey. We it, don't know. They don't. It doesn't say. Well, it's yeah. probably Hussey if you're going by she's normal. English. English. She's English. Yeah. Uh, she basically this was her first film. She'd done acting before in theater. Mm-hmm. After this, she was offered the title role in Anne of the Thousand Days and the co-star role in True Grit with John Wayne. Whoa. <laughs> wow, that would have been really different. She could not see herself acting with Wayne and turned it down. Wow. Uh, the next major thing she did is one that you perhaps haven't heard of because it's not your style. Okay. It's a movie called Black Christmas. It's, from, it's a Canadian horror film. Okay. Middling reviews at the time, but since then has been lauded as one of the proto-slasher films huh. in the genres of Psycho and Freddy and Jason mm-hmm. and those movies. Hmm. Yeah, and, you're right. It's not my stuff. Yeah, and you know, over time has been reconsidered as one of the best horror movies because of how revolutionary it was. Mm-hmm. She was Mary in the TV production of Jesus of Nazareth, mm-hmm. also with Zeffirelli. Yeah, I remember that. I uh, eventually she would go on to be in Psycho Four mm-hmm. as Norma Bates. Okay, it's the mother of Norman Bates. And in the miniseries for Stephen King's It. Well, that's crazy. And she's still working. She played Mother Teresa. Well, that's different. In Mother Teresa of Calcutta. And she is the voice of some Star Wars characters in video games. <laughs> mm-hmm. And in 2015, was in a movie with Leonard Whiting. No way. Reprising their roles? No. But it's, a, no, it's a film called Social Suicide. Loosely based on Romeo and Juliet, where they play the mother and father of the female, mm-hmm. her actual daughter. Oh, funny. Oh. Huh. But it is the first time, is the only film those two were in besides Romeo and Juliet. Huh. The only film they were in together. Leonard Whiting did not do nearly as much stuff. He was in like five, yeah, yeah, like five or six movies. <laughs> Nothing nearly as good right. as this one. Uh, so not as much to say about him, unfortunately. He he looked like Zac Efron. They did a good job of picking an attractive teenage boy. <laughs> good job. Uh, that good was job. the casting department's only job. Somebody who can who can emote and he's easy on the eyes. Uh, he did in the uh, London musical presentation of Oliver play the Artful Dodger. Oh, well, that's a thing. And who's next right. up here? There's... What else? What are we supposed to be talking about today? Well, I'd want to talk about some of the people. Well, there's there, like the nurse lady. Oh, she was good. She was good. Yeah. the The nurse maid for Juliet was nominated for a BAFTA for best supporting actress. That's not nothing. Yeah. She's a working character actress. Yeah, where'd she come things. from? Uh, she... she must be British. I uh, Scotland. Gretna Green, Dumfrieshire. Really? That's what it says. Huh. huh. Married oh, to the four... Cockney all the way. She did a good job. Uh, she went. She was educated in at the Bristol Old Vic Theatre School. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why. Mm-hmm. Uh, good. Couldn't see it. Yep. Yeah, uh, she did it. She she had uh, some good comic relief, which I don't think is... is Sometimes the, the nurses played with a little more comedy. Yeah. Um... And I, I think usually it's played with less comedy, but 
Um, I think it was good. Yeah. I uh, Paul Hardwick was Lord Capulet, and he did a, he did a pretty good job when he had to be, like when he was telling his family to sit down and shut up and just enjoy the party. Well, I did think he was overacting, but he, that's he cool. was. But I mean, that high school musical. Style. In this film, there were people who were either giving it a hundred and ten percent or people who were reading their lines. There was not a middle ground <laughs> of people doing a good job. <laughs> uh, he, well, I thought they all did. They all did a good job, but like. I, like Mercutio, was just 110% everything he's doing. And his page was like normal Shakespeare reading. But I think the character of Mercutio... Oh, definitely. Is, uh, I mean, he's just full of bravado. He's yeah. passionate. I mean, that's his character. Yeah. 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 That particular guy hasn't been in as much stuff. Mm-hmm. Tybalt, Michael York... He's people, been around the block. People yeah. may have heard of him. His first film role was Taming of the Shrew the year before. Then he was in this. Uh, then he was Jean the Baptist in Jesus of Nazareth. Then he was D'Artagnan in The Three Musketeers mm. and the following sequel, Four Musketeers. Fifteen years later, also in The Return of the Musketeers, <laughs> he was the, oh, the title character of Logan's run. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's in Doctor Island of Dr. Moreau. Yeah, he's... He's done some stuff. Austin Powers. Oh, yeah. He's, I... You know, Family Guy, Simpsons. Well, the the Austin (laughs) Powers one, I I don't remember much of Austin Powers, but when I pulled up the list of the characters he's played, and I realized the character he played in Austin Powers is called Basil Exposition, I'm like, (laughs) ah, yes, that character. Now I know who you're talking about. (laughs) I... He's... He was a voice in... Transformers Revenge of the Fallen in 2009 with giant robots. He's done stuff. He's been all over the Boy, place. Boy, he's done stuff. A lot of TV. A lot of TV. Yeah. Superman yeah. the Animated Series. Yeah, pretty interesting. Super Robot Monkey Team Hyperforce Go. <laughs> okay, stop. <laughs> we need to talk about something else. Okay. You can just have your own little fandom of Michael York later. Last one is Milo O'Shea because you recognized him and I had to look up why. He's the friar. He did oh, right. really well. He I did thought. really well. The friar and the nurse were the stars of the show for me. Yeah. I uh, you recognized him because he is the chief justice on the West Wing, which you have been rewatching on mm-hmm. in your spare time. Uh, but he's done some other stuff. No one in this movie was really like, ah, this was the breakout movie for this amazing star. Mm-hmm. Michael York kinda, but like he's not this was not a movie where we were like, oh, and here we see Helen Mirren learning to be good at movies. What are we supposed to talk about? <laughs> what are we supposed to, Well, we can't talk too much about the plot of Romeo and Juliet because it's Romeo and Juliet. They don't they, could, they don't do anything with it that isn't in the book, really. I do appreciate that they, uh, the way that the characters play seems very much like teenagers. Correct. So, you know, he does... Good job there. So when, for instance, you know, when it's the balcony scene and he he bounds up over the boulders and over the wall and, and hangs from the tree and climbs up the tree and swings around from the tree like a dorky teenage boy would do who's mm-hmm. Twitter-pated in springtime. I mean, it's that seems logical to me that... And sometimes it's played too straight or too too fast forwardish with the lines. I thought the only straight part that I could recognize in the whole movie uh, that I, I thought 
was maybe a little overdone was when he went down the wall and hung onto her hand oh, until yeah. the last minute. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like he only dropped about three feet to the ground. And I thought he, thought he should have dropped at least 15 feet and tumbled. But I thought that same yeah. thing. That hand, yeah. that slow motion, Just lingering. too much, yeah. Yeah, they hung on to it too long. And yeah, he yeah. should have fell nothing, further. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Could have been more dramatic. While we are not looking at mm-hmm. Best Picture, mm-hmm. according to this, it is the last Shakespearean film to be nominated for Best Picture. Mm. Because well, Shakespearean not Shakespeare in Love. It's not a Shakespearean film. It's a movie about Shakespeare. It's a movie mm-hmm. about Shakespeare. Right. So, we Which, are, that's another one that people, if you like Shakespeare, yeah. and you want to be entertained, you that, should That one also that one. has one of the shortest uh, Academy Award performances of all time. I know. It's, it's one of my favorite movies. All right. So... We are starting by looking at best costume design. There were red costumes and blue costumes. Mom may speak slightly about not liking the hats. <laughs> okay, this film came out in 1968, and I think it unfortunately is tipping its hat toward late 1960s fashions of a sort. Of a sort. I mean, it's still got all of the like dresses and... But it's crushed all all. velvet. Yeah. You know, that it's, that I think there were some places where it went, uh, you know, trying to look like it was Elizabethan, but it was too much polyester. There was yeah. a, a lot of capes. My goodness. Big ones. <laughs> the cost, the, they were consistent in their color schemes, which I appreciated. The cod pieces, not so much. <laughs> Every single pair of tights has just got like cucumber in the front. It was ridiculous. <laughs> well, Dan, that's just the way it has to be. Yeah. I. But this was going up against heavy hitters. Lion in Winter, Oliver, and Planet of the Apes were all nominated for costume design. This beat the monkey work on Planet of the Apes. It did? Yes. Wow. This was really good. Tell you something, kids. I haven't read I haven't read Romeo and Juliet for A close while. to seventy years. But I'm going to read it and I am going to get more enjoyment out of it than I ever could from this movie. All right. Because I'm going to have a visual uh, comparison with every single word. Mm-hmm. I have nothing but superlatives to say, so now I'm going to shut up. Right. <laughs> well, Dan, do you remember when we went to the production they did at Century College? No. Were you, were you maybe not here? I, I, the only one we, I remember going to at Century College was bleh, Yellow Stockings. Okay. Oh, so, Midsummer yeah, Night's Dream. Yeah. We went to no. a Romeo no? and Juliet. Which one's Yellow Stockings? That's Twelfth Night. Thank Twelfth you. Night. We went to Romeo and Juliet. It was in the college theater, and it's a production that this company would take on the road mm-hmm. and go to high schools. And so they were staging it at Century for free as part of their warm-up before they'd go on the road. And that was the first time I had ever seen Romeo and Juliet played with that kind of teenagerishness. Like, Juliet spoke so quickly, like a teenage girl. Oh, no. <laughs> that it was hard to understand her. And there were times when when Romeo would, would, he would be startled because she would have blurted out all this stuff so fast. It was, you had to give your brain time to let it catch up to what did she just say. And it was, it was, the timing was so good. And I remember, um... In the in the part where Romeo's buddies are they're ribbing him, ha ha ha, you know, you know, Twitter painted in springtime. What about that Rosalind <laughs> stuff? And I remember our boys actually getting it, like 
that was is that this yeah. was just like their guy friends do to them. Mm-hmm. And and it, I think light bulbs went on in a, like my teenage son's brains. Yeah. Uh, so. Back to this one, I do like that when Mercutio is having his unfortunate demise. Spoilers mm-hmm. for a very old play. I. Uh, <laughs> He, all of his buddies are still laughing and thinking that he's playing a goof. Even though he's got his serious face on and he's saying mean things and he's looking like he's going to die, they mm-hmm. they still think he's joking right up until they see him be wounded. And I've never seen it played that way. Yeah, I didn't think so. That mm-hmm. does not seem like the normal way. It seems like mm-hmm. normally... You do the stab and everyone stops and looks and he gets to have his dramatic death scene with the spotlight on him. Exactly. And this time the spotlight was on him and he didn't want it to be. My point exactly. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That was yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the things we're supposed to talk about. Next one. Well, Best okay. supporting actress. That would be the nurse. That would be the nurse. It's yeah. not the mother. And I think she did a good job. She did a fabulous yeah. job. Not necessarily a good enough job to get on the official list, unfortunately. Who won that this year? Uh, Ruth Gordon in Rosemary's Baby. I do not know that film. Oh, I do. There you go. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, you know, good things going on there. Mm-hmm. Best screenplay. Well, that's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> they did not change the source material significantly enough, I think, for it mm-hmm. to be considered in that line. However... Right. Where do they find a place like that? Rome. Rome. Like they filmed in they filmed in Italy for the most part. Let me go down a quick list now that you've mentioned it, because there is a list of locations where they filmed. Uh, here we are. The balcony scene is at the Palazzo Borgia, Borghese, Palazzo, uh, Palazzo, Palazzo. Yeah, sure. Okay. Built by Cardinal Borghese. Scipione. <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry, people who speak okay. Italian. <laughs> uh, the interior church scenes at the Romanesque Church of San Pietro, Tuscania. Which was a, a really nice set. The tomb yeah, scene is also in Tuscania. Yeah. The Palace of the Capulets at Palazzo Piccolomini, huh. built in 1459 to 62 by Pope Pius II in Pienza. The dueling scenes with swords were filmed. In the Umbrian town of Gubbio, Gubbio, whatever. It also had some scenes filmed in Montagnana, and the street scenes were also in Pienza. This entire thing was filmed in Italy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I kept looking, thinking if I, if I could <clears throat> see some of those that they've made out of paper and plaster for the film, but I, it right. looked all yeah. good to me. Yeah. Right, right. There were some really empty streets. How they got those those plazas and stuff to be virtually like there were no other people it was only cast members yeah well that was pretty interesting these didn't look like places where they had to clear out real people necessarily these were old buildings where people probably didn't live so much yeah so it wasn't too hard uh so yeah of course yeah so unfortunately this film is getting a pass from its screenplay we're not going to retroactively give william shakespeare an academy award right sorry sorry and last one, Best Director. Well, I mean, Mr. Zeffirelli. Mr. Zeffirelli himself. You know. What do we think about the way that he organized and put this film together? Well, I think there were some things that were very different from the way that I've seen or envisioned this play before. Yeah, and, and none, of them I, were I ba- pre- none of them, I think, were bad decisions. Right. There were no risks mm-hmm. taken that ended poorly. You can't possibly read Romeo and Juliet 
and visualize anything that I saw, at least for me. Yeah. That I saw in his... He was nominated but did not receive the award that went to Carol Reed for Oliver. Mm. Huh. Stanley Kubrick also nominated, as was Anthony Harvey for Line in Winter. Yeah. I haven't seen that one. Well, and I don't know... You'll be watching Lion in Winter with them in about a month. Because it's a Christmas movie. Because it's a Christmas movie. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. yeah. We always watch it at Christmas time. Oh, okay. yeah. That and Die Hard. <laughs> oh yeah, Die Hard is also a good Christmas movie. And you can fight me on that one if you disagree. I don't think that one's going to come up in the rotation. We'll see. I doubt. No, I don't know how Die Hard Christmas didn't time. win any awards. I don't think it won any awards. Anyways... Purely uh, entertainment. That's all it is. <laughs> uh, the last thing I want to think about before we're done here is the uh, version that was made in, was it 96? 96. Romeo, Romeo plus, plus Juliet, Juliet. Which unfortunately did not win any Academy Awards, so it will not be part of our rotation. But Tom York of Radiohead cites this film as the inspiration for the ending credits song that they wrote hmm. for that film. Hmm. Said York, I saw the Zeffirelli version when I was 13, and I cried my eyes out, because I couldn't understand why the morning after they shagged, they didn't just run away. Hmm. The song's written for two people who should run away before all the bad stuff starts. Oh. But it was Shakespeare. But it's Shakespeare. And you gotta you know. finish it. You gotta have drama. <laughs> but, no. right. that one, I mean, it's, that one's not bad, but... Eh. It, oh, you mean the, the Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah. It's an interesting version. It is. It's different. That one's in the MTV version. It's the MTV version. <laughs> All right. Uh, any other thoughts? No. no. I enjoyed it. I'm glad that I requested it so long ago so we could yeah, do really, this in yeah. order. Like, show me another. Show me another playwright whose entire production lasts 500 years. Well, Francis Bacon, if you believe some people. Yeah. I'm taking nothing away. Yeah. Right. I just, you know, Bacon <laughs> doesn't have Shakespeare's. Right. That's yeah. Today. Or some of the ancient Greeks. Those those have fallen away. I've never seen a Greek play performed. Oh, we have. Remember that time we went? Yep. When your brother's girlfriend was in some play I do remember. McAllister? I can't remember what it was called, but oh, I remember it's the, the one, subject, the topic. It's the one where the women um, are protesting that their men have gone off to war, and when the men come back, then they won't... They, there will be no uh, no cohabit no cohabitation when the men come home because and they want them to be peaceful. They and want not the men to, to war. quit wa- to quit warring. Yeah, they want to quit <laughs> fighting. Right? And did they do this topless? Uh, no, or something that no. would make or it's play- traditionally done traditionally yeah. done, done naked or something yeah. that would yeah. make the play more interesting. Yeah, okay. Oh, it's really and crazy. Patrick's mother didn't know what kind of a show she was going to before she went. Ah. Uh, uh-huh. That came up when we were talking about 2001, but that's going in down a very long rabbit hole. That's a totally different rabbit okay. hole. Okay, I think so, we should be done talking about this movie now. All right. Yep. So we want to thank the Academy for doing its job and thereby pointing us in the direction of quality filmmaking. All right. Bye. Bye. So I always...